بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله. You're listening to Islam tomorrow. We're broadcasting almost live all the way from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We're in the Arabian Desert. And by the way, it's usually hot here, but we happen to come on a nice day. It's kind of cool and cloudy. And I like being cool. I don't know about you. But if you'd like a rebroadcast of this and other great programs, just come to www.islamtomorrow.com. Our website's open 24 hours a day, and there's always plenty of free parking. By the way, that's a joke. You're supposed to laugh. Anyhow, we have some great guests with us today, and we'll give them a chance to participate with us. And you can't see them because this is radio, but you're going to be able to hear them in just a minute. I'm going to greet all of our guests. Now, this is not Muslims, just our non-Muslim guests. I'm going to give you a greeting, and you give it back to me. Let me hear you real big. Hello? Hello. Now, let me show you how to do it in Texas style. Howdy. Hey, these guys catch on quick. All right. Now for the Muslims. This is just for the Muslims. Salam alaikum. Hey, now we'll do it Texas style. Salam alaikum, y'all. All right. Hey, we're cooking now. Don't forget you're listening to Islam tomorrow. We broadcast almost live at www.islamtomorrow.com where you'll find interesting articles about Islam, the Muslims, and why priests and preachers and bishops, reverends and ministers have entered into Islam. The program that we're about to do is especially for those who come into Islam by choice and they want to know what next. What's next? So that's the title of this program, What's Next? Today, alhamdulillah, we found some new brothers and sisters in Islam. One just made shahada, just recently, a few minutes back. And now, especially for him, his name is Melvin. Where's Melvin? I don't see Melvin. Well, come where I can look at you. I'm going to be talking to you. Come on over here, Melvin. All right, be right in the front, right where I can see you. Yeah, just sit right there with him. Yeah, there you go. You don't want to sit too close. I've got a bad habit of hitting people. <laughs> Welcome, Melvin. And salam alaikum. We spoke in an earlier program about what is Islam and who are the Muslims. We discovered that the word Islam has a meaning and whoever does it is an Islamer or an Arabic Muslim. So Muslims do Islam. And we said that Islam means to surrender your free will to God. To submit to your Lord. To obey the creator of the universe. And to do it with sincerity in your heart. And to do it in peace. And this relationship between you and your God is personal. And it's special. And it's yours. You own it. Everybody has it, but not everybody uses it. Everybody has the ability to give up their free will for God's will. We find this in the Bible. We found it in the Gospel, the New Testament, and we find it in the Quran. If you're curious to know in the New Testament, it's very clear. It says that Jesus, peace be upon him, told 
his followers, when you pray, pray like this. And he said a very beautiful prayer. And in the prayer it says, God's will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And this is what Islam means. God's will on earth as it is in the heavens. So for those who do that, they become Islamers or Muslims in Arabic language. Melvin, you're the newest Muslim that we know. Brand new. Brand new. No mileage. Alhamdulillah. No scratches, no dents. Alhamdulillah. But now we'd like to talk to you about what happens when somebody enters into Islam. They make this choice. By the way, I should tell you that even though somebody's born in a Muslim country and they have a Muslim name like Muhammad or Zubair or Omar, it does not mean they're really a Muslim. In fact, many Muslims today make the mistake of thinking just because my parents are Muslim, I'm a Muslim. But nobody is a Muslim until they recognize there really is a law and then they make a statement, I bear witness. There's only one God to worship and he has no partners and I want to take Muhammad, peace be upon him, as my example to try to live up to God's will on earth. Until they say that, and until they commit to that, they're no more Muslim than anybody else. So that's why you find in a lot of our programs, the people born in Islam will stand up and make their shahada. They said, I didn't know I need to do that. Yes, you do. Every single human being must make that commitment. They do not inherit. You cannot inherit Islam by being an Arab or a Pakistani or from Indonesia or any place else. You have to work for it on your own. So keep that in mind. So guess what? The next part, what next, is coming next now. Once a person enters into, an Islam, into Islam, an amazing thing happens. They discover their purpose of life. They realize why they were created in the first place. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God Almighty, has told us in His book why He created us. He says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنُّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا لِعَبَدُونَ It means that he says, I have only created you guys to worship me. So that's your purpose of life in all that you do. Whether you're praying in a mosque or you're fasting in Ramadan, or you're fixing your car, or you're buying and selling something in the market, you still are responsible to be worshipping God alone. That's Islam. So in discovering that, you find that there are some rules, but there are some good things that go with it too. Let's talk about the good news first. The good news is, that when a person, like Melvin, decides that he'd like to enter into Islam, as soon as he stands up and he says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah When he does this, 
We know in Islam that all of his previous bad deeds, his sins, his mistakes, Allah forgives all of them. Everything is forgiven. But that's not all. You get a bonus. It's like a blue light special at Kmart. You get a real good deal. Because not only does Allah take away the bad deeds, but He gives an equal amount of good deeds to replace what the bad ones were. So you get to keep all your good deeds, Melvin, plus all your bad deeds became good deeds, and you have no bad deeds left. How do you feel? Alhamdulillah, you feel pretty good. That's not all. There's more. There's more. Now, in this condition, you have mountains and mountains of good deeds, no bad deeds. It means if he died right now, there's no doubt he has to go to paradise. If he's sincere in what he said, he has to go to the Jannah. Wow. With all these good deeds. When I came into Islam 11 years ago, I realized the same thing. And after I thought about it for a couple of days, I said, uh-oh, I got a problem. Why? Well, if I would have died right then, I'd be okay, but I'm finding myself making mistakes again. <laughs> Oops. So now you know better, you have to do your best. Now you find what's called test. The test of Allah. Because Allah said in the Quran, in chapter 29, chapter 29 of the Quran, Allah tells us, it's called the spider. That's the name of Al-Ankabut. And the meaning of it says, Alif Lam Mim, three letters in the Arabic alphabet. Do they think they're going to be left alone by saying we believe and they're not going to be tested? For sure, just like we tested those before them, we will test them to show, to show them and everybody really, if you think about it, those that are telling the truth the ones that are honest, and also to show the liars in their falsehood. So now we're going to find out. Some people might say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. They might say it because they figure, okay, I'm going to get a better job. Maybe people will treat me better. Maybe I can, you know, get better position now. Maybe I won't have to work so hard. Maybe, 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 maybe. But if he does it, who knows? Allah. And Allah is saying, now I'm going to test you. I'm going to test you hard. Oh, yeah. To the limit. Oh, boy. But that's good news. Now that the tests begin to come to you, you're going to learn about one of the most important characteristics of a Muslim. Being honest is one of those. Being truthful is something in Islam very important. But there's something even bigger. So big. I put it right up with being honest and truthful because it, those are very important things, by the way. But there's also something else. Patience. You must be patient. You must never give up. You never give up on yourself and you never give up on Allah. Because Allah is testing you, you have to know that, so you have to be patient. Allah tells us in the Quran, in Allaha ma'asabarin. He said that barely Allah is with those who are patient. Alhamdulillah. This is good. The praise is to Allah. 
But when the tests come, Melvin, be ready. And Allah, He's going to test you in everything He tells you in the Quran. He's going to test you in your family, with your wife, with your children, with your wealth, your property, everything. You're going to be tested, tested, tested. Why? To show you, because Allah already knows, but to show you who you are. Now, sometimes I, I like to have fun, by the way, and sometimes I like to kid the Muslims a little. I say, would you like to know how to tell how much iman or faith you have? How strong is your faith? Is when you get tested, you can feel this testing coming, and how you respond to it is your level of faith. So if you want to check your car to see how much gas you have, you look at the gas gauge and you see, where's my needle, right? And if you want to see, maybe you have a child, it doesn't feel good, you want to see what's his temperature, you put the thermometer in the mouth and then you look at it and you can see what's his temperature by looking at the gauge. So how do I know about my heart? Where's my iman? I need to know. And I have, it's kind of like a joke, but you can take a, a hammer and a nail and a picture and go hang the picture on the wall and you'll find out how much faith you have. And people say, what? What do you mean? Because when you pick up the hammer and the nail to put a picture on the wall, what always happens? Bang, bang, ooh! You hit your thumb, don't you? And when you hit your thumb, the first word from your mouth tells you how much faith you have. And if you said, boom, alhamdulillah, it's good, very good faith. But if you said, it's not so good. Not so good. <laughs> so you see, this is test from Allah. So when the test come, you have to be ready. So, not only that, Allah is going to test you in some other things. He gave us some rules for being a Muslim. It's not just like, I said it, I'm saved forever, I don't have to ever worry again. No, Allah forgave you your sins. There's no doubt about that. And by the way, a nice thing to do, Melvin, is to go take a bath. And it's symbolic of washing away the old person and the old sins. And by the way, this is also in Christianity. Because they have baptism or washing or sprinkling water. And it came from the same place. It's not a new religion at all. Same religion. Of course, we do it in private. We don't do it in front of people. But we take a bath. Okay. The rules. Here come the rules. Because this is the test. First off, never ever worship any other God except Allah. You promised you're not going to do that. You cannot pray to a rock, a stick, a stone, a tree, a human, or a bone. You must always worship Allah alone. Hey, wait a minute. That's almost poetry. Let me work on that. Bone, stone, alone. Yeah, I could do that. I'm going to work on that. I'll get back to you in the next program, inshallah. Anyhow, let's come back to this. If you can see it, it's not Allah. If you can hear it, it's not Allah. If you can smell it, taste it, feel it, not Allah. If you can imagine it in your mind, not Allah. Limaza, why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God Almighty said in His book in the Quran, 
لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ and he said وَلَمْ يَكُلُّهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ the meaning is there is nothing any place any time anywhere that compares to Allah he is never in his creation we are not God we don't have God in us and God is not everywhere Allah is out of the creation he's not in the creation and he said in the Quran that he created all of the heavens and the earth he sit the yawm in six days that's just like the Bible isn't it same God Thuma and then and it doesn't say and then he rested either on the seventh day we don't have a seven he just got six he created Halakha Samadwati Wal Ard he set the yom he created the heavens and earth in six days and then Thumma Astawa Al Al Arsh and then he rose above his Arsh we don't say he sat down on it we don't say he laid down on it we don't try to make him like a man because he said he's not like his creation and a creation is a human make sense? So this is rule number one. Never worship anything but Allah. Don't make any images of anything like Allah. You can't make a bird and say, it reminds me of an angel and I'm going to pray to it. And it's, no. And you can't pray to birds. And you can't make something that looks like something on the earth that walks around like a monkey or an elephant. Some people worship elephants and monkeys. We can't do that. And we can't make statues of elephants and monkeys. And pray to them. It's wrong. And we can't make statues of human beings and pray to them. And we can't worship human beings. This is why we can't worship even Muhammad, peace be upon him. We can't worship him. We love Jesus, peace be upon him. He is a mighty messenger of Allah. He's a miracle birth, mu'ajizah, milagro. Ah. Ah. Hablas espanol. Como estás? Mashallah. We'll switch languages. Mafi muscular. All right. Milagro. Mu'ajaza. Miracle. Jesus, the son of Mary. That's what he's called. Isa ibn Maryam. Jesus, the son of Mary. Don't say he's the son of Joseph. We don't say that. He's the son of Mary. And he has no father. And God's not his father either. Because it's a real miracle. God doesn't have to have a son, does he? He can do what he wants to, right? Excuse me, but duh. It's a real miracle. How did Allah create Adam in the first place? From dirt. Did Adam have a mother? No. Did he have a father? No. Then Allah created the wife for Adam from his rib, from his own bone, yes? It's what we believe. Did she have a mother? Nope. Nope. So now we have to stop and think for a minute. We had a man, no mother, no father. We had a woman, no mother. And now we have a man, no father. But he had a mother, didn't he? So he's not God. He's a man. Adam isn't a God. Eve is not a God. These are human beings, yes? And we don't worship them. Do you pray to Adam? I don't. I love him. He's my father. 
He's your father. We're brothers because of him. We're brothers in humanity. Right? But are you going to pray to Adam? Because if you're going to pray to any human being, you might as well pray to Adam because he was the first one. And unfortunately, in some of the translations of the Bible, chapter 3 in the book of Luke, the very last verse, doesn't tell you Jesus is the Son of God. It tells you this is the genealogy of Jesus. And it starts in chapter 3, verse 23 verse 26, sorry, and it goes all the way to the end, constantly telling you he's the son of Joseph, who's the son of Jehoshaphat, who's the son of so-and-so and so, and then it says that Enos is the son of Seth, and Seth is the son of Adam, and Adam is the son of God. How many of you think Adam's son of God? None of us. That's what the Bible says. I used to preach Christianity. I know what it says. So, it must have meant something else, but that's not our point today to talk about it. We're saying we don't pray to Adam, we don't pray to Eve, and we don't pray to Muhammad, and we don't pray to Jesus. Peace be upon all of them. We don't do that. We pray to the one who created them. No middle man, no middle woman, nothing in between, direct connection. Would you like to have a direct connection? to your God, then just say this, Oh God, guide me. Simple as that. God, guide me. You can say that even if you're a Christian. It's not against your belief, is it? Don't, do you believe in God? Do you want guidance? Then say it. God, guide me. Let me hear you. Now we'll say it in Arabic. Edina Mustaqim. God guide me to the straight path. Okay? If you meant what you just said, guess what? Nobody can mess you up now. Because it's up to God to take care of you. You're all right. If you meant it. But when the guidance comes, you've got to act on it. So that's the first point, And that's called the Shahadatain. To accept there's only one God. And Muhammad as a prophet. Not as a God. Not as a son of a God. But Muhammad is your messenger to deliver a message. And he's a human, but he's a very good human. The best of humans are the prophets. So he's our example, okay? Next, we have to do something called salat, five times a day. Salawat al-Khams, five times prayer every day. What does salat mean? No, it doesn't. It does not mean pray. Because in English, pray means to say, Oh God, help me. That's pray. We have it in Arabic. It's called dua. Then we have something else which is called dhikr. To remember Allah in all the things that we do. But then we have salah. What is it? Nope. That's ibadah. There is no word in English for salah. Because why? Because English speakers, Christians, don't do salah. You don't need a word for what you don't do, do you? Salah is salah. Even though I say prayer just like everybody else because we don't know what to call it. It is the formal ritual of worship. Now we'll bring the worship in. You were right. It's in there. The formal ritual of worship dictated by God through Muhammad, peace be upon him, for us to perform five times a day for the rest of our life rest of your life. Got to pray five times a day. Can you handle that? 
Alhamdulillah, no sweat. Okay. What it means, you have to wash a certain way, like the prophets are mentioned in the Old Testament, and like it mentioned for Jesus. They have to purify themselves before they approach this type of worship. It used to only be for prophets and very holy men. But when the last prophet came, then Allah, God, made it so that all people could do it. Because no more prophets are going to come. So now you can do it. You can stand and pray and worship and bow and put your head on the ground to the Almighty God, not to a man. We never put our head on the ground to a human being. Forget that. Forget it. But to God we can do that. Only for Him. Because when a man lowers his head on the ground to God, he raises his soul above every other animal, every other creature, even the angels. He's better than all of them because he has done what? He submitted. He did what? He surrendered. He did what? He obeyed. He did what? Islam. He was a Muslim. So this is five times a day. We have books and teachers that will help you with that. The next one is something called Psalm Ramadan. In a few days, just a few days from right now, it will begin. Inshallah. And that's when Muslims get up in the morning early and eat all they can eat. <laughs> Pack their bags and get ready. And then they pray Fajr, the morning prayer, and then all day long, from the time the sun rises until the sun goes down, they don't eat, they don't drink, they don't smoke. You're not supposed to smoke anyway. Are you? Oh, I don't think that's good for you. No. No drugs? No, you're not supposed to do that anyway either, are you? And no medicine. Now, if you need medicine, all right, either you ask the doctor, can I take it before and after? Or else if he said, no, you need it in the middle of the day, then you have to do something else. Because you're considered a sick person and you're allowed to go ahead and eat or do what the doctor tells you. And the people will explain that to you too. Now, we do that for 30 days. And after the month of Ramadan, we have a big celebration and a lot of fun. But you know what? We need to have fun on that day because we're really kind of sad in another way. Our friend Ramadan, he left and he won't be back for another 11 months. And I said friend Ramadan because when Ramadan comes, Allah chains up the devils. He closes the gate to hell. He opens wide the gate to heaven. And for the believers, it becomes the most wonderful time of the whole year. And it's 30 days of the best food you ever ate in your life because every time you break the fast, even if it's with a date, you say, boy, that tasted good. One time all I had was water. I drank the water. I said, that's the best water I ever had. Why? Because Allah puts that in your heart. Okay, so now we mentioned three things. We said the shahada, number one. The worship of Allah, always one. And following Muhammad, sallallahu And then we talked about the salah, the worship. Then we talked about the Ramadan, the fasting. Something called zakat comes up as number four. Zakat, what is zakat? Zakat means purify something, to clean something, make it pure. How? Just like you clean the dust off of something or you take away something impure, your money, when you hold it too long, becomes impure because there are other people who need money, but you're holding it. And this is only for rich people. That's the good news for us, right? We don't have any money, so you don't have to pay it anyway. It's not income tax. 
There's not income tax. There's no income tax in Islam. When the Americans find out about it, that's why they go, what? All right. There's no tithing every month from your income tax in Islam. Like, that's what I call income tax. Even for the church, because I make a dollar, the church wants 10 cents. In Islam, I can make $1 million. How much do I have to pay? Nothing. I can make $50 billion in one day. I pay nothing if I don't want to. But if I hold it for a year and I don't turn it over, giving a chance for other people to have the wealth, then I have to pay zakah. How much? 10%? No. 5? No. 4? No. 3? How about 2.5? Yes. All right, we have a consensus on that. Okay. Two and a half percent of what you hold in excess for wealthy people. And who do you give it to? The Pope? We don't have one. The Bishop? We don't have one. You can give it to me? No. The poor. Anybody who is poor. And do you have to go and look for the poor? No. It can be your own family. Maybe your brother. Maybe somebody else, and if your cousin or your uncle, they need some help. Don't go, don't walk on the other side of town. Don't send your money to, to Washington, D.C. Don't send, no. <laughs> that's where I live now, by the way. You give the money immediately to the closest people to you. You said, what if they're not Muslim? Who cares? What has that got to do with anything? They're people. This is a people tax. Give it to the people. The poorest person, not the poorest Muslim, the poorest person. How many of you knew that? That's true. We have some books on this subject called Fiqh Sunnah. Explains it in beautiful ways. The last point, number five, is this. Once in the life of a Muslim, he's required to fulfill his religion by traveling to a place called Mecca. In the Bible, it used to be called Becca in Arabia. It's the same place, but they call it Mecca. Is another way to pronounce it. And that's the place where Abraham, peace be upon him, took his son and his wife. That's Ishmael. It's mentioned in the Bible, Ishmael and, uh, and the mother of Ishmael. Only we called her Hagar. And that's okay because in Cairo, Egypt, they also say Hagar. But we say has a different way to pronounce the G. Okay? And he left them there. And that's the exact place today where we go for what? For what? Louder. And if you're Hajj, that's right. But if you're in in Cairo, they call it Hud. And we're not allowed to eat hogs. So uh, you could laugh. You know, that was kind of fun, wasn't it? Not fun. Okay. Saudi Arabia, don't joke about pigs. I'm sorry. Anyhow, once in your life you go, and when you get there for Hajj, it's beautiful. You, everybody, by the way, before they get there, they have to take off all their clothes. Now, wait a minute. Don't get excited here. Hold on. This is only for the boys. And it's in private. And then you put two huge towels and wrap them. In my case, it has to be huge. And we put the towels around us, and then we go into Mecca. No suits, no coats, no hats. What? No tie? He's right, no tie. What about shoes? 
can't you? Sandals. How about anything that has sewing in it? No, no stitch. Oh my gosh. It means all of us look exactly alike. Our clothes are the same. You can't tell who's the prince. You can't tell who's the president. You can't tell who's rich and you can't tell who's poor because we all became just alike. And then we go to a place called the Kaaba. What do we do at Kaaba? We go to Waf, which means to go around and around and around. How many times? Seven. You've got it. Hmm, these guys know a lot about this, don't they? Okay. After the seven times around the Kaaba, there's a stone, by the way, if you get a chance to kiss it, that's nice, but it's not good luck or anything like that. You can if you want to. Then there's something you do uh, called, called what? Sai? Or do you do the two? We have books about all this stuff, by the way. You can just check one out. They'll help you with it. Then Sai. What is Sai? This is where you go between the two mountains, Safa and Marwa. When I heard about this, by the way, when I left Christianity to become a Muslim, I heard about this thing called going between the two mountains, Sai, between Safa and Marwa. I said, wow, you have to climb a mountain? They said, yeah, and a lot of people are there too. I'm thinking, how am I going to climb a mountain and all these people are there and maybe I'll fall off the mountain? That's funny if anybody's been there, isn't it? That's funny. Do you know why? Because since then, they covered the mountain over with a building. And they paved it with tile. And they put lights in it. And even you have fans blowing in there for air. And it's like walking in the mall, kind of up and down, walking in a mall with no shops. Isn't it? It's easy. So you do that seven times. And then, what? Cut your hair. And then what? Don't you sacrifice animals? Yeah. Not a cat. It has to be something that you can eat. And then you give the meat to the poor. Right? Is that pretty much it? Yeah, we're close. The point is, you get to do this as the fifth pillar of Islam. Can you handle all that? Got it? Is that easy? That's what's next for you. And that's what's next for all of those who'd like to be a real servant of God. Because that's what Abdullah means, a servant of God. Not a son of God. And that's where the mistranslation came in. Do you believe that Adam did what God wanted him to do? Was he a good servant to God? Yes. Abraham was a good servant to God? Yes. Moses was a good servant to God? Yes. Solomon and David were good servants to God? Yes. And Jesus? Of course. And they're called Abdullah. Abdullah. Servants of God. Maybe somebody misunderstood and wrote Son of God. I don't know. Don't really care. It's not my job. I'm just reminding myself that if we really want to serve God, then we need to begin by doing what? Islam. So that's what's next. If anybody here would like to do that now and enter into Islam. I'm talking about even Muslims. If you never made your shahada before or if you want Allah to forgive everything and this is a good time to do it, make your commitment from this point forward. You can stand up and do that right now. And when you do, you can stand up now. And when you do, we make the shahada and then you come into Islam and start a new slate, a new page like Melvin did.
when he did that just a little while ago. You've been listening to Islam Tomorrow. You visit us on the internet at www.islamtomorrow.com. We're open 24 hours a day and plenty of free parking. <laughs>